Ah, the life of recruiting. It's summertime, no games, no nothing, but it's time to talk about recruiting. Football and basketball both go in different directions. What are they missing? What are they going after? Let's talk about it on Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On UCLA Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Anderson-Yoxheimer. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Locked On UCLA Podcast. Thanks for becoming an everyday listener. You can go listen and watch on Spotify and YouTube, and we'll have a fun time. Also, shout out to all the fathers. Thank you for being great examples, whether you're father figures or fathers in our lives. Happy Father's Day belated. And then also, with the dropping of this episode, another special day. It's Juneteenth as we remember the importance of this day. In the meantime, we're going to talk about the likes of recruiting, basketball, football, and everything in between. A big episode today. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. We're starting with the gridiron football, baby. Let's get right back to some UCLA football recruiting because what is something that UCLA football has been missing in terms of recruiting over the last couple of recruiting cycles? What I've emphasized in these last few weeks talking about UCLA football is heading into the Big Ten. They're getting bigger and more and more depth in the trenches, beefing up the offensive line, adding to their defense. Except defensively, they seem to be missing something. It's true cornerbacks that they haven't gotten these last few draft classes and hardly in the transfer portal, especially coming to the class of 23. Earlier this year, they had a three-star commit at a low sal, Ethan O'Connor, who is officially listed as an athlete. He was someone I think the Bruins were expected to have as a DB, a corner. And even though they do have a big commit for a safety, Christian Dunbar-Hawkins, in the upcoming class in 24, he's a safety. A couple of guys are bringing in our safeties. They're missing out on recruiting corners. And while they seem to have emphasized a lot more defensive guys needing more defense, they've gotten more linebackers and they've gotten more offensive linemen. DBs has been somewhat of a struggle for UCLA. So going back, this is not new news with Ethan O'Connor. He didn't sign in the early or the spring signing periods when he had a chance to come to UCLA. One of the only non-commits from UCLA, decommits, I should say, from the Bruins in the class of 23, who had been committed in October. And this is older news, but kind of showcasing, hey, the Bruins are missing a bit on defense. So while he was listed as an athlete, UCLA added three DBs in its 2022 class, but they were all brought in as safeties between Kamari Ramsey, Clint Stevens, and Croy Stewart. They're all brought to, to manage the middle of the field, not out the corners and helping out on the boundary. So two straight years, UCLA has gone without securing what is quote-unquote a single true quarterback. That is word for word from a great article written by Sam Conan of the All Bruins fan website. Talked about, hey, they didn't bring any transfer corners in the offseason. This year, they brought in Azizi Hearn, who left after last year finishing his eligibility. So they only got Devin Kirkwood, Jalen Davies, Isaiah Newcomb, and John Humphrey with Stewart moving over to become a true cornerback in terms of scholarship corners. And while, you know, you're missing the likes of an Ethan O'Connor, who was a DB, a three-star 
athlete, if you will, and sometimes the corners can be some of the better athletes on the field going to safety, to corner, to receiver. You can somewhat move them around a little bit here and there. The Bruins are significantly missing on the outside, and how will that impact them defensively? Danton Lynn's already trying to scheme with what he has, and they need to beef it up on the outside. They've already got quite a few commitments going in future years, going after linebackers, and that helps when you've got some legendary help with Ken Norton Jr., right? You've got beef and some significant transfer help on the defensive line that they've got right now, yet you're sitting here, and when you had a corner transfer out, you have one who just left, who just graduated, left with eligibility, he's in the NFL, and it's easy Hearn. You're losing some DB. So that's where the Bruins could be vulnerable. And what did we see so many times last year? We saw gaping holes in the defense sometimes. And you don't want your corners to get burned on a third and long and a fourth and long. And having inexperience, and sometimes the biggest thing is how do you get experience? You're going to have to go through a year, maybe a year and a half slash two. Maybe it's three games where you have to have some growing pains. And the Bruins right off the bat are going to face a pretty lethal threat in Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina, San Diego State, with their quote-unquote rumors of them leaving the Mountain West. They are ready to come and show the world that they're good to be in either an independent or a Power Five. Then you've got all sorts of big things coming up with other games down the schedule in Pac-12 play. The Bruins have to be ready to play this year, but on the outside, you're going to hope that front seven gets quite a rush, quite a presence. Hope Leatu Latu brings that same mentality because the Bruins have not been able, at least this year and in recent seasons, getting the likes of true cornerbacks. Now, can that change going forward? Yes, this is where they're going out, the coaching staffs, Lynn, everybody going out and saying, all right, this is a hole in our defense, right? UCLA was able to force quite a few turnovers, and while Davies was good and some of the linebackers were good dropping back in coverage from time to time, they do need to beef that up. And if they want to be a true contender, we all know where it starts in this class of 23 moving forward, that's defense. We know Chip knows how to find big-time skill position guys on the outside offensively. Now they've got to bring that talent defensively consistently. We all know this, but it's just trying to state more of the obvious, obvious and showing, hey, what do they have? Bruins have brought in a couple of athletes, quote-unquote. They've got Donovan Pilat. They've got Isaiah Carlson coming in the class of 23, but they're not playing DB. So they need somebody to step up, maybe – they can get all these guys to have back returning as scholarship guys, even Stewart moving over from safety to corner. But that doesn't give you a lot of depth at a scholarship position that can be so crucial, especially if, say, you're playing a team that blocks well. The Bruins couldn't get a, any sort of pressure against Bo Nix in Oregon last year. You're going to need your DBs to be a wall covering down the field to allow a coverage sack from ha- to happen from time to time. Those are different things or maybe you just got to scheme the defense so well that it hides the holes on the outside in the secondary where the Bruins just simply don't have a lot of depth coming into this class of 23. And I know they could try and do something crazy and kind of looking back with Sam Conn and maybe things can change here and there, right? But they, they, they only need to get, they need to build going forward. You know, words are eluding me right now. But while things can change and things can certainly grow heading into fall camp, they've got to change this going forward. They have to have depth and make defense, especially in the secondary, a priority in the recruiting process. Well, the Bruins basketball team, they've certainly made something a priority. We'll talk about that as they go out traveling. Who are they going to go after? What are they looking at from 24, 25, 26 from Nick Cronin and company? 
We'll tell you all about that and more. But first, let me tell you more about FanDuel because you don't want to miss out on all the fun at FanDuel right now. It's America's number one sports book. Gotta check it out because baseball season's in full swing. No better place to get in all the action. If you're a new customer, you can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win at fanduel.com slash locked on. They're official partner of Major League Baseball. And you gotta make sure, hey, go snag a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back when you join fanduel.com using fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up if you're a new customer. Major League Baseball trades box used with permission. You're listening to the Locked On UCLA podcast. Let's cruise on into segment two as we talk more recruiting here on this jam-packed Monday episode. Talked to UCLA football earlier, having some holes. They had that decommitment from Ethan O'Connor. That was a while ago in early May. Figured I should touch up on that as we dive into the summer. And then also... Let's talk about the likes of UCLA basketball. Saw another good article written by some of the UCLA sites. This time it was the likes of the Bruin Report. The Bruins overall, this is what's considered the June evaluation periods. You can go contact and go evaluate recruits beginning in the previous weekends, or this weekend, I should say, the one that just happened between the Father's Day and the Juneteenth weekend. So while we may be experiencing a good family weekend, having an extra day off, and everything in between for various reasons one way or the other. The UCLA basketball coaches, the staff is going out and hitting the recruiting trails hard. From Friday through Sunday of the most recent June weekend, in the middle of the June, it is the California Live event, right, where there's over dozens of California high school teams that play at high schools throughout Orange County and SoCal. And then they've got a big event, which is the Section 7 in Glendale, Arizona. From the 23rd to the 25th, over 200 teams play at State Farm Stadium, all from the western side of the United States. And from what the Bruin Reporter line was reporting, the coaching staff attended both events, or will be attending both events, quote-unquote, to their knowledge. But the big thing is, with NIL, Transfer Portal, which is written in this article, and what we've come to see, UCLA is shifting that focus, right, from high school players. When parents are coming to the table with their kids, especially with the egos built up from social media, look at me, watch my YouTube video as I commit, and we all fall for it, loving to choose to see which team falls within the top five, their top three, and who's going to come in and be that big school that this kid decides to go to and change the landscape of the university's basketball team and get paid while doing it in an NAL fashion, name, image, and likeness. It, while the UCLA does have the Men of Westwood Collective, it does show that McCronin has shifted things into a different way. The five-star products, the four-star products, everybody is asking for something. Heck, even Hunter Dickinson leaving went to another school from Power 5 to Power 5 to go cash in on some more. So while UCLA does prioritize basketball and they're recruiting McCronin, saying, hey, but he's more of a, you know, a hard-nosed type of coach, play defense, grind it out. He's not sucking it in and saying, hey, I'm not going to hand money out to these kids or quote-unquote hand out money. It's not exactly supposed to work out that way with NIL, even though some programs might find it differently. The Bruins, they're looking more and more at the international recruit, which in this Bro Report article I've been reading, talking about the humility, the, the, the growth, the maturity sometimes of international recruits. Like, say, in a day Mara, who is in a different situation, right? Some of these American, these high school kids in America, when they come over, it's a little different. They get hyped up. Maybe they're a big fish in a small pond. You know, you've heard that that uh, 
analogy before where they grow up, they're the biggest thing. They've got, you know, big, big intentions, big expectations. They're looking for money as they're 16, 17, 18 years old. Think of, well, Arch Manning is a little bit different in a process as a football recruit. You know, think of all those expectations put on him because of his name and everything he can do. And what if he does or doesn't work out where he is? Now that happens to basketball. We put all these pressures, especially in the one and done age of college basketball. Now with the older COVID year expected, we're talking about international players like in a day tomorrow who's trying to come over from a pro team. You've got Jan Vide, you've got Lazar Stefanovic, you've got a different th- team. And while Ademar isn't officially a part of the Bruins or anything official reported yet, he's going through a different situation. He's trying to sever a contract or leave his contract to play college ball and get over here. Two completely different ideas of how you move up, whether you are the star or trying to go for a better opportunity in different ways. UCLA has only a few high school products that they're going after in the class of 24, and you truly look at it, there's only five targets for this class of 24 team. So one wonders how much is Mick Cronin expecting these guys to stay the next year? We can't truly think a Dembona will stay beyond a year two. If they can bring in a Jan Vide, is he a one or two year guy? There are some NBA prospects or NBA draft websites thinking he's a prospect in the upcoming year. I'm not sure what Elan Fibleul can bring, but overall, in the most recent targets, looking at a 24-7 sports composite, the Bruins only have five top targets in some different lists. You've got lists up to seven, ten, and while they're only going to get a few of those guys, to have a list so small of only 10, 11 guys, yes, still very early in the process, moving forward into the class of 24, it's different. The Bruins are going after guys where... They're going overseas, and while there are different events in July where it's the Adidas 3 SSB Finals, you can see more American 2024 prospects, you're going to see a little bit different recruiting moving forward. UCLA may be seeing these dragged-out recruitment periods. You can see all these different guys, even in the portal, where the Bruins could have gone after someone or thought they were a top target in the portal, whether it's someone who is coming over from high school or choosing between a Kansas or something. You've seen all these different times in this most recent recruiting cycle, even heading into the class of 23 into 24, where the Bruins just aren't simply going after a lot of these prospects coming out of high school immediately. The dragged out processes, having to hand out big NIL collective money, having to go through all these things. And this recruiting class, the Bruins could have upwards of close to four foreign international foreign players, international products, if you include transfers and freshmen, if everything comes to fruition with everybody who may is or is expected to be a Bruin, but not officially. And it will be a complete shift. You've seen smaller schools, different schools, maybe big schools that weren't as high up there in terms of blue blood power in terms of basketball dominance in March Madness. They've shifted to international recruiting to get ahead of the game. And now what happens when UCLA signifies a shift saying, hey, we're not going to go after these kids in our own backyard. We're going across the pond. We're going everywhere to find the next big thing. And while in the NBA, who are some of the biggest stars? You've got a Nikola Jokic who just won his championship. You've got a Luka Doncic who's become a superstar. So the Bruins have gotten a guy saying, hey, look at a Damar who is a Spanish 7-3 product. Well, I guess not getting him. Let me phrase my words. They're going after Ademara, trying to secure some big power. Adembona coming over from Nigeria, Turkey, right? From where he started 
growing up and spent the majority of his life in Turkey, came to prep school, but still became a Bruin. You've got Stefanovic and Jan Vide, who's gotten comparisons to Luka Doncic. That's where they're trying to get these new good players, as opposed to saying, all right, look, this kid who's got a highlight tape, 30 billion of them on YouTube with millions and gazillions of views. It's a big shift to different time in basketball recruiting. And the Bruins are either going to be three steps ahead of the game and everybody will play catch up. Maybe they'll just be completely different from everybody else or the Bruins could completely fail in this new venture. But I'm not entirely sure we're there at that yet. We can't judge that until we see these next couple of few years play out for McCronin. And hey, Final Four, a couple of Sweet 16s, a team that was on the verge of a one seed, close to winning a championship game or getting to a championship game two years ago. You've got to like what Cronin's done so far, but can they do that moving forward? Those are all the things that the Bruins have to wait out and look forward going forward. Again, the California Live Section 7, there are July tournaments and evaluation periods as well that can go add to that prospect list, get more quote-unquote American localized products, whether it be in California, across the nation. It's just shifting from year to year for Mick Cronin's team as they start to adapt to this NIL era with the transfer portal, more one and duds. Maybe in years future, we will go back to the three and one, or they can go straight out of high school. We'll see if that's actually where it's going to head, but we just don't know what the future of the college basketball landscape looks like. The Bruins have put their foot down and dug it deep saying, hey, we're not just limiting ourselves to staying right here in Los Angeles, not staying here in the United States. We're going all over. And for the hopes of UCLA fans, I think this can be a successful venture. We'll just see how it plays out for Mick Cronin. But we do hope they start building and getting some recruits too because they got to build for the future just beyond the class of 23 and still fill out this class of 23 roster. There's still a couple of spots up for grabs with recruiting processes and termination processes coming to a point, coming to a head, and bringing in players with tough, rigorous tests they need to take just to get into UCLA. All that said, rambling done. It's a new day and age in UCLA basketball. Cruising on into segment three of Locked On UCLA, Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer with you guys. Let's talk about what is some of the most fun things for UCLA in the middle of June. What could we think of that's fairly awesome in, in the middle of June? Well, UCLA being a quarter school means that graduation doesn't happen in either late April, early May, or mid-May. It means that it doesn't come until the middle, earlier part of June, heading into this you know, Father's Day, Juneteenth weekend and celebration. It's also a celebration for graduating student-athletes. So I'm going to take this time, list off all these celebrated student-athletes who were honored on June 15th. They had 175 graduating student-athletes, team members, all in a big celebration. You might recognize some of these names. You might not. Heck, the one of the speakers and scholar-athletes of the year was Russell Strong from the basketball team. You had Lauren Carter, who was a senior class speaker, and the female Scholar Athlete of the Year award was Clara Kennedy from Women's Rowing. So let's go down this list and honor these players because they will be Bruins forever with their degree from UCLA. Even if they're transferring out, they still were Bruin, and they got their degree from one of the most prestigious universities around the world. You got Kelly Austin, Josh Hahn, Charles Harrison, Jake Sum, Jaime Hawkins Jr., Miles Johnson, Kenneth Newbutt, Russell Strong, Cam Brown, Gina Conti, Bryn Meskowicz, Charisma Osborne, Jalen Penn. And that doesn't mean these players can't come back, depending on eligibility as well. You've got Lexi Denneberg, Haley Hallgren, Marley Monserez, Devin 
Devin Newberry, Riley Powers, Lindsey Sparks, Zabby Van Winkle, and Jaden Whitmarsh. All right, you ready? This is a big, long football list. We're going to go through it. We're going to get list them as quick as possible. Ready? Chase Artopius, Ashton Offman, Nick Barmira, Cam Brown, Carl, Josh Carlin, Kenny Churthwell III, Michael Churich. You've got Duke Clemens, Adam Cohen, Ryan Cragen, John Gaines II, Christian Grubb, Hudson Habermill, Hayden Harris, John Humphrey, just to name a few. We'll list more graduates later. That is a long list of legendary Bruins from golf, gymnastics, rowing, men's soccer, women's soccer, softball, diving, swimming, tennis, everything in between. I realized I couldn't list every name because that would take forever. And that was a mistake on my part. There's so many different players, 175 different players. And it was a men's basketball player who was one of the two speakers and one of the two scholar athletes of the year award. The three honorees were, remember, Russell Strong, Clara Kennedy, and Lauren Carter. And hey, you know, it's tough to be a student athlete. Some might even disagree or be in the comments of that most recent episode I talked about where those Big Ten travel will be important. And some might say, hey, the NBA, they travel six months out of the year. It's different when it's your job, and it's different when these student athletes are doing this, some for limited money, some for no money, some going all these different things. And yes, walk-ons and different players don't necessarily get to travel all too often, depending on the program, the money, and the budgeting. You get limited travel. So some of the scholar athletes, and not saying that this is the case here, but some athletes you know, you got to travel a lot. And when they go to the Big Ten, that's where the world will change in terms of the word student athletes moving forward. So while it is very tough, a rigorous process, the quarter system is a very quick, unforgiving process sometimes. Some prefer semesters, some prefer, prefer quarters, longer, quicker, whatever it may be. We just got to salute all these student athletes. I did not list every single one of them because it was a bit too much, but we have to thank all the Bruins all these legendary Bruins because they finished their degree. So salute them saying, hey, go Bruins, but just know the future will look different. Yes, it's NBA players, big professional teams, Major League Baseball. They travel all over the world or especially all around the country five, six months out of the year. I can see it in the comments, but it's different when you're managing a full-time schedule while trying to do it at a quickened pace play at a high level at one of the highest levels at one of the highest athletic institutions for best you know one of the, we have a poll that's going to be coming out soon from locked on we'll list it right i'll talk about it in the next episode for locked on ucla where do you think ucla ranks in terms of athletic institutions in the pac-12 i think we know where they are all voted from locked on peers and then we've got where are they in football and basketball not just to name all these other sports it's a premier institution to play and win at UCLA, but it's also a premier place to go and get a, a degree and finish your, your studies in what's changing in this day and age of a student athlete. So rant's over. Everybody, let's get excited. Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer saying so long. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins. Hands up, Bruins fans. Eight clap time, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You. C-L-A, U-C-L-A, fight, fight, fight. Remember, we're going to talk about UCLA football basketball projections from the Locked On podcast company within this, all the Pac-12, all the Locked On Pac-12 networks, right? We're going to talk about all that in the next episode. So become an everyday listener. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Thanks for your support. Listen, download, wherever you can be. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.